What's up, everyone, and welcome to your destination for the biggest geek news and reactions in movies, TV, comics, and gaming. This week, we talk about the cancellation of Batgirl, Don's C2E2 experience, and why you should be watching Paper Girls. All that and more this week, so don't go anywhere, because I'm Chris. And I'm Don. And this is Raised a Geek. Let's go. And we're back. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 67 of Raised a Geek. As always, I'm Chris. And as always, I'm... Why am I mixing that up? Done it 67 uh, times and I'm still a little lost. Just Yeah, just know as always until after yeah. your name. Okay. Uh-huh. Welcome, everyone, to episode 67 of Raised a Geek. I'm Chris, and as always, I'm here with my buddy Don. How we doing, man? Chris, what is up today, my friend? Um, we are okay today. Everything's good. Just enjoying my my weekend. Um, ready to talk some 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 stuff with you here, but yeah, man, ready to have some fun. How are you? How is everything? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. It's been a couple crazy weeks with just being out of town, being in Chicago last week, and Chrissy was out in Colorado this week, and apparently coming home with COVID. So been kind of dealing with the COVID, being in the house for the first time. Never had that before, as far as we're aware. We're thinking I might have gave it to her going to the Backstreet Boys concert. That seems like a prime time to get COVID at a Backstreet Boys concert, right? <laughs> or anywhere, man. I know. This is like the the virus that'll never die. Um, two years, two plus years of our lives. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I talked to you a little bit about it. Glad she's not feeling too bad. But yeah, man, yeah. COVID's still a crazy part of our lives and it seems to never go away somehow i must have super blood or something because i haven't gotten it yet and i'm like me and you are like the only people i know yep. who haven't gotten it with a few other people in our lives but like everyone else you talk to they're just like oh yeah i had it i had it too oh i had it twice like what like i what i what is i mean i was careful but i feel like a lot of other people are too and it just seems to happen so i don't know maybe i'm a some kind of mutant or i'll take it Hulk gamma blood or oh, some. We're gonna find out real quick because uh, I've now been exposed one way or another. So we'll mm -hmm. see how this week's gonna go. It's in your house. It's in my house, or at least it was. I don't really know. Like I said, it's hard to tell. She might have came home and already been past the uh, exposure. What's it called when you're incubation period or exposure period? Some some when some, you can give it to someone. Uh, I can't remember what it's called right now. Uh, yes. Uh, when you're contagious to contagious others. Contagious is the word I was looking for. Yes. Yes. I'm I smart. I know words. <laughs> uh, so yeah, dealing with that. Been a busy week though. Uh, a lot of stuff working and doing everything and excited to sit down here and talk to you about some uh, comic book news. And I think we're going to dive into this HBO Max thing because it was a crazy, crazy week. Lots of stuff going on. A lot of big business talk and stock talk. It's going to be a hardcore serious podcast oh yeah man and this is a little off the not off the rails but kind of off the path topic for us but you know people and us especially now we take in our entertainment in new different ways in 2022 and the last few years is like streaming is just the way that more things are watched nowadays like the, the days of watching everything on network tv and even just like your regular cable like those days are feel like days of the past so for some people they are for most some are I still mean, hanging on there well a lot of you know the older generations and people but you know people our age and younger just seem to everyone's more interested in watching things the way we do on on some kind of streaming service or or in that way so when th big things happen and big changes it makes it an interesting topic for us i think yeah. to kind of dive into and it's the way we take in our entertainment so we kind of want to get into it i think the main people still holding on to some form of cable are people who want to watch sports. That is like the last hanging on thing that hasn't fully transitioned to like a viable streaming mm. platform yet. That's trying and it's getting close as we have Thursday night football. It's only going to be on Amazon, Amazon. this year. Um, some baseball games that are only on Apple. Um, and I think they said next year, the NFL Sunday ticket expires for the direct TV. So it's up for bid, which Amazon and Apple are both in talks of actually being the providers for Sunday tickets. So crazy. But I think sports is the last 
thing that's keeping yeah people hanging I mean, on i mean it's, it's the only reason i still have i subscribe to sling for football when football is over i cancel it yeah and that's why i have my hulu live uh i have that's how i mean it provides about 50 to 60 channels which is great but i don't watch a ton of tv like that anyway yeah so it, it is really just so i can watch you know football and, and basketball and the nba and some mlb like that's the main reason why i keep it around sports, so sports, yeah sports, once sports. yeah once they figure out how to uh work their way around that and make that mostly streaming yeah dude what's going to be the point of cable television but that's a conversation we'll, it's a conversation we are going to have and that's a whole other conversation that i don't even know if we're going to dive that much into it but we're going to talk about that here in a little bit we're also got a couple other things we're going to hit first mm-hmm. we want to make sure you like subscribe and follow so you don't miss anything in the future we got a lot of great stuff coming your way so like subscribe and follow on all podcasts and social media services if you want to join the conversation you can hit us up on twitter and instagram at raised to geek you can also hit me up on twitter now at a geek chris and i'm out there as well trying this twitter thing out for the very first time so that has made it all those all those tags are down in the description of this podcast we're also looking for those five star reviews so hit us up with those reviews it helps out the show a lot and we appreciate each and every one of you for doing it absolutely nice to have you on the old bird app join in with us so we can have some some uh, fun there and uh, thanks everyone for listening as always we appreciate it all right Don this weekend it's happening as we're talking but you're chose to forego it to talk to me but C2E2 is currently live in Chicago uh, I was able to go with you last year I was up happened to be up there um, so I was able to C2E2 it with you but this year I was a week early and missed it but you were at C2E2 all day yesterday so how'd that go man yeah, dude, I, I did go to C2E2 yesterday, only one day this year. Um, in years past, I used to kind of make it a weekend, make a whole weekend out of it. I try to go Friday, Saturday and Sunday. That's a young man's game. That's a young man's game, because I'm telling you, <laughs> the way my shins felt this morning from walking around for eight hours on concrete floors, because they pulled up the carpet they used to have for years everywhere. And now it's just like walking on straight concrete. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't care who you are. That's going to kill your lower half of your body the next day so and i saw i saw most of the things i wanted to see so i had a good time yeah it was it was fun man um you getting autographs uh i i got something signed from west craig who i talked about before who was the artist from deadly class Mm -hmm. i got him to sign my first issue of deadly class and this that comment's going back you know almost a decade now um and the writer of that book rick remender was at c2e2 in 2015 so i got him to sign it in 2015 and now i'll fast forward all the way seven years later uh west craig comes to c2e2 so i got his signature on the same book i like when it's a book i like and i can get the signatures of uh, the writer and the artist yeah that's awesome so that's really fun and he he saw rick's signature on there he's like oh when he was here 2015 you got this then i was like yeah so that was cool um and it's in always the same fun room- to see the reaction when you bring something like that right something that they recognize or something they're like oh um we have a we have a buddy who does he's at c2e2 right now getting wrestlers autographs and he's i mean he has a problem with wrestlers autographs he'll be the first Mm -hmm. to tell you but he had a uh he had a double pack toys of hulk hogan and the ultimate warrior from like their wrestlemania 6 and it was like a double pack and he got it autographed by the ultimate warrior before he died and then he was able to get it autographed by hulk hogan and when he sat it down in front of hulk hogan he was like hogan was like speechless for a second it was like whoa like he realized what he was about to sign and just like that thing was about to be worth money it's not every day he probably signs something like that where it's you know the the guy our friend who's handing it to him to have signature clearly cares and has been a fan for years if he's got an an ultimate warrior signature on something that now he's finally able to get Hogan to sign as well. So that's cool. Yeah. Getting the pair is always cool. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, man. See. Speaking of wrestling, Daniel uh, Warren Johnson, who is a local guy we've talked about a little bit, but uh, he's currently working on do a power bomb, which I don't know. I've read the first two of you. Did you read the first two yet? Not yet. No, it's in my okay. pile next year with next to 8 billion genies that I need to jump into. Yeah. I've been got stuck in these, saga and sandman and all these trades i keep getting stuck in and so my in my individuals are all piling up 
Okay. Well, yeah, it's it's in your to read list, but it's very oh, yeah. good. Uh, he's a really talented guy. Um, so I got his signature on my do a power bomb issues and and bought a print from him, and that was a lot of fun. So yeah, yeah, I walked around and saw some a lot of the artists alley, and I I sat in on a uh, panel that was a 30th anniversary of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon, and they gathered all the original voice actors for that. That's awesome which is crazy. And like some of the guys, you know, popped in the voices here and there. So the guy who, you know, who does Donatello was talking like Donatello for a second. I was just like, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, with a lot of cartoons like that, some of those people did multiple voices. Yeah. The guy who does Donatello, he also did Bebop, you know, they did Donatello and Bebop and another guy, he was like, Oh, he's done Leonardo and Rocksteady. And he was also the voice of the tick in the tick cartoon. And another guy, the guy who was like Michelangelo did the voice of Arthur from the tick cartoon. So they like worked together on both shows. Yeah. It was just cool. It was cool to see that these guys are in like, you know, clearly their sixties now, Yeah, but it was just fun to see them and kind of the bond they share together. And they were, very thankful to us as the audience for make like making that show what it was. And still to this day, they're like, it blows our minds to this day. When we go to cons, how many people still care about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon that we, you know, read for and never knew would be a, we just thought it could be, you know, a one season show. No one ever thought that that would become right. the phenomenon that it has. So that was fun. But yeah, man, I had a, I generally just had a good time walking around looking at some stuff yeah. and I'm going to share some pictures, uh, on our Twitter and Instagram of some things I, I thought were, were cool. So yeah, man, it was a good time. Always glad to go to that next year. It's March, March, uh, the end of March and beginning of April weekend. So we may have to work something out for, uh, for a raised geek trip. Yeah, that sounds good. I will see about that. They're doing those like six months apart now. huh? I don't know. Yeah. When I, when it popped up that it was in March of next year, I was like, huh, interesting, but that's the, when it normally is. So it seems like they might be trying to get it back on track. It's possible, but the crazy thing is in March, it could be a crazy blizzard in Chicago. <laughs> like, you never know. It's still sometimes there's blizzards in April. So that's going to be interesting to see um, what happens. But yeah, we'll bookmark it. Absolutely. Any Anything else jump out highlights that uh, you wanted to share? Uh, had a good time? Yeah, man, just had a good time. Um, always debate about these like you were talking about our buddy getting signatures and and he's he's trying to see you showed me a picture of him meeting Mick Foley today. I always debate about the celebrity meet and greets, but I could never pull the trigger because I'm just like two hundred dollars to get a picture with Billy D. Williams. Is that worth it to me? Like they make it seem like it is. And I understand he's like a legend in Star Wars circles. But like besides Star Wars, what else do I no Billy D. Williams from that. I'm going to pull $200 out of my pocket to take a picture with him. So I never end up doing those. It always seems interesting. Like, yeah. but nah, I'm just not a guy who can do that. No, it's not my thing. I've talked to plenty of celebrities at those things. Like when I, I like seeing the ones that don't have the, like the lines and stuff. And you end up talking to like a wrestler or talk to a celebrity where you're just kind of like shooting the shit for a minute while they have no line. I enjoy those aspects, but yeah, the paying for a picture or something. Sometimes pictures are cool. I got one with Jerry the King Lawler, but he wasn't in like a celebrity corner. He was just at a, his own table in the artist section. Yeah, that's different. Since he's an artist. So like I said, I got a picture with him. It still cost me 10 bucks or whatever, but it was like, oh, this is cool. Um, I never, I, I do have a little regret for not doing that last year at C2E2 with The Last Dragon. Bruce Leroy himself was there. We did talk uh, about that in a previous episode. I know we did. And I still, to this day, I'm like, man, I really wish I would have just stopped real quick and got a picture with him. But, you know, the, when you first walk into those cons, everything that's right there in the beginning is always so hard to, like, jump on when you first walk in because you're like, let me get the lay of the land. Yeah, you feel like you want to keep moving and then you don't, yeah, don't want to just drop all my money right in the first opening uh, door. <laughs> right, right, right. So I'm, you got me all amped up now. I'm, I'm getting ready for a con. I'm going to have to do have to look up one see if there's another one coming in this area that i can go to and bring a little raised to geek presence there you go all right don but we got to move on because we got a lot to talk about mm-hmm. one is a public service announcement that i wrote here watch paper girls uh, so yes. uh i don't know did you finish paper girls yet over on amazon prime I haven't. I think there's eight episodes, and I believe I just finished yesterday episode five. Okay. So we have a little bit more to go. Is a show I watch with my wife, so we got to get our scheduling right. But um, 
yeah, man, I've, I've really been enjoying it and I am hoping people out there are finding it and looking for it and watching it because this is a show so far anyway, that I feel like really deserves the eyeballs on it to be, uh, watched. I think it's a great adaptation of the comic. Um, I think in the future here, maybe within the next few weeks or month or so, we're going to try to do a podcast on it. Cause last we spoke, we both are enjoying it. I don't know if you finished it or not. You'll tell me in a second, I'm sure. But um, yeah, man, I, I can't recommend it enough. It's it's faithful to the comic, like I said, and but also still feels fresh and new. It's just really a, a good show. Yeah, just do it. Yeah. I've been getting people at work to watch it. I've watched the first four episodes twice now. So now I'm caught up. Mm-hmm. We can watch the back half now. Um, so I'm super excited to keep watching that, getting ready for um, to see how they wrap up this season. been telling people I got some people at work to watch it. Just watch it. Do it. It's it needs a little bit of love. I'm not seeing a lot of attention about it. It's on, stuck on Amazon that for whatever reason, people just don't talk about game. Amazon shows as much as I think they should. But it's up there. It's high quality. Um, the trailer does not make it look like it. I did was not impressed with the trailer. I thought it looked like a Stranger Things ripoff. It is not a Stranger Things ripoff. Um, they do a lot of cool stuff, and I really have enjoyed even watching the first half twice now, which I rarely do. And I sat and watched all four of those episodes again, which I wasn't really, ne- like I said, I never do, and I wasn't planning on doing it, but yeah. I did it because it was damn good. So just do it. If you're not watching it yet, we're going to do our full review once we finish it and work it into our schedule, but just do it. It's worth watching. I it, I enjoyed it so much that I wanted to put it down here as a public service announcement to do it. Do it. Just do it. Yep. PSA. That's what PSAs are for. Tell people to watch the shit that's good. And this is one that, of those things that so. they may be missing, you know, and sometimes exactly. these ones fly under the radar when we have so much content coming out on all these streaming services. So it's one that's definitely worth checking out in my and Don's opinion. Uh, last up was some news that came out on Twitter, and it was that Giancarlo Esposito of Breaking Bad Better Call Saul fame, as well as Far Cry 6 villain and a lot of other Mandalorian and all kinds of stuff. He's been in everything. Giancarlo Esposito has had talks with Marvel, and he says he wants to play Professor X. Mm. How uh, how does that make you feel, Don? We got... A lot of a lot of varying opinions on this news. Curious what yours is. Oh, yeah, uh, this was fun to see. And he, you know what? He's been a fan cast for for a, just a Marvel role for years. Yeah. Just because, like you said, in nerd circles and not even nerd circles, but just like regular circles, he's so revered as an actor. Yeah. Uh, like you said, all those things. He's also in The Boys, which we just watched, and he's yeah. great in that, too. But uh, yeah, man, I think this is cool. He's there was like a, a fan thing for a while before this news going around that like they should cast um the Giancarlo Esposito and Brian Cranston together either as Magneto and Professor X and either one could work like swap either one for either role and it would work either way I was like that's great um included in this little thing it said he met to talk with them about roles like Professor X or Doctor Doom or uh I think there was another one or Magneto. Yeah, Magneto is in there. But his preference would be to play Professor X. Um, reportedly, he said this. Yeah. So I think that's interesting just in the fact that Professor X is the only hero of that list. And I, I'm starting to think like maybe he just wants to play a hero finally so he's not typecast as a forever villain. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. You make, I, you make I him Dr. Doom or Magneto, it's like, all right, well, he's now been Gus Fring and a villain in The Boys and a villain on The Mandalorian, a villain in fucking video games. Like, when can the, can the guy ever play a hero? Uh, I don't know. He's got the look. Now, I don't know what they're going to do with Professor X and Magneto, and nobody really does age-wise in the MCU. Yeah. That's always kind of the question. Um, Magneto, to me, just gets very weird and Professor X with with casting them because if you follow the comics for Magneto, he's a Holocaust survivor. Now it's starting to get weird that we're in 2022 and we got to keep casting Magneto. Well, is he going to still be a Holocaust survivor in this MCU or are we going to do something with time? Because if we're doing that, that's 80 years ago. You know what I mean? That's always been the problem with Magneto and casting. Like, are you going to follow that as part of his origin story? Because if you do, then you got to start messing with time travel now maybe this is the time to do it maybe you're pulling 
them out of an older time and bringing them to the MCU now because we're in the multiverse saga. But I don't know how they're going to work around that. It's it's going to be interesting to find out. We'll see what happens. I don't know. Long, long winded answer there. <laughs> what do you think of this? Uh, all this news? No, it's awesome. I'm down with Giancarlo Esposito to do anything that he wants to do. Um, I have no I have no problem with that. I do side with you a little bit. I'd love to see him be a hero and see something different out of him because a lot of the characters that we're mentioning are very similar. He's very similar in all of these roles. So the idea of seeing him do something against type would be fun. So I would enjoy that. Um, the question I was going to ask you mm-hmm. since you brought it up. How do you feel about them changing that? So now I guess this is probably a bigger conversation than we want to have right now, but obviously casting him in any of these roles is against type for these characters. And then if you're talking about age, he really isn't old enough to be a Holocaust survivor. And clearly his race would make that not work anyway. Harder to do, right? So how do you feel about them changing Magneto's origin? I mean, it's... it's, it's an important part of that character, you know what I mean, to keep that. But Marvel Studios has also shown now that they're not afraid to do that Yeah, with characters is change the, their origins. And, you know, everything we just saw with Miss Marvel, like completely change who she is as a character. And just because to them, it fits better in the movie. So I'm not saying it can't be done. And it would just have to be done in a way that makes the most sense, I yeah. guess. Um, like I said, that is the problem when you tie real life events, yeah, events to a character's origin. And they weren't thinking that when they created this character, like Stanley and whoever else, when they created Magneto years ago, didn't think, well, in 2022, when they try to use Magneto in a movie, this is going to be a problem. Um, yeah. so I don't blame anybody really for it, but I mean, it is a big part of his origin Magneto and to change that, it would really have to be a winner in my mind. Um. So I don't know. I'm sure all the big brains over there have been thinking about this already. And I would hope so. If not, hopefully they're listening and they're going to now think about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. So we'll see what they come up with there. But uh, like I said, I'm down with him being any of those characters. I think he could prob- not knock it out of the park for all of them. So I'm not opposed to any of those things. It's just one of those funny things that you think about because we've talked about it here on the show as well before. When you talk about, you know, race switching or gender swapping or doing any of these with these well-known characters. I mean, you're naming three huge characters with Dr. Doom, Magneto and Professor X. So whoever gets cast in these roles are huge roles and clearly in his as history shows us it's typically not been played they've been just white older men now i think from professor x standpoint patrick stewart was always perfect for that role he embodied that role he looked that role he clearly loves doing it because he keeps coming back for that money to do it so it's clearly you know a match made in heaven but i think we've seen that so now i'm down for some strange and like said bring me something i guess there was um Oh, I th- never mind. I got my doctors mixed up. I was about to say no pun intended, but it wasn't Doctor Strange. It was Doctor Doom we were talking about. So, <laughs> but I mean, like, I'm down for a different take on this character because now we've seen 20 years of P- Patrick Stewart kind of doing it perfect. So if Gene Carlo Esposito wants to step in, I'm down with trying something different because yeah. we've kind of had the perfect Professor X. So there's really no, I don't think there's a way to do it better. So now you kind of have to do it different. Yeah. Because you're always going to compare it to Patrick Stewart if you try to match it. So the idea of doing this was kind of because, I mean, even James McAvoy was still trying to mimic Patrick Stewart. So, I mean, it was still the same character. So bring in somebody new. Let's change it. Let's mix it up. Let's have some fun. So for whatever reason, this doesn't bother me. No, sometimes it does where you're just like, no, no, no. Yeah, well, but I agree with you with the Magneto thing with the Holocaust thing makes it that gets a little tricky, but you might be able to. Yeah. You might be able to switch it up and or even just change the event that triggers a lot of that hate. So, yeah, the people who are bothered by any of the the race swapping part of it are just like, I don't know, the closed minded people. Yeah, You know what I mean? Doesn't bother me. Just kind of like, curious because these like, like 95 percent of these comic characters are like white. So this means like a uh, uh, minority actors not never going to get a chance to play anybody unless it's Black Panther. Um, <laughs> Like we had Domino race swapped and and there's there's other I know there's a bunch of other examples that I'm like missing right now. But uh, yeah, man, if the the person is a good actor, let them play a character for a fake made up fictional character. Who cares? Yeah, I'm down. I like Giancarlo Esposito. 
chef's kiss. Give yeah, him a roll. Bring him yeah. in. Uh, he'll knock it out of the park. And especially with you start talking about these X-Men characters or even Dr. Doom. Hell yeah. Like I said, I'm here for all of that. Don, I think it's time for us to talk about some of this drama going around HBO Max. But before we do, we want to let you know this episode of Raise the Geek is sponsored by Anchor.fm. So HBO Max ranks number three behind Netflix and Disney Plus in total subscribers. So you could kind of call it as being the third biggest streaming service that currently exists. Don, I wanted to ask you, what's your most used streaming service that you subscribe to? Well... Great question. I know, and I I've asked it off the cuff it. without actually preparing <laughs> I for it. Um, I, I, I was, I'd probably say HBO Max, probably. Um, now it gets a little weird because I do, like I just said earlier in this conversation, I have Hulu Live. Yeah. So I like go there for anything I need that's on regular just TV, i.e., yeah. sports, like we talked about. So that might technically be it. Yeah. But like to look, if I'm if I'm sitting there not knowing what to watch. And I want to watch something new, like a new show or a, or a new movie that just hit streaming. The first one I always check is HBO. Mm-hmm. I check HBO for something to watch before I check Netflix, before I check Disney. And we're not even talking about like Paramount Plus and Amazon and all these other it's ones. Just whatever you have subscribed, just like what do you use? Yeah. I mean, we have stuff that subscribe. I mean, I subscribe to Peacock, but only use it really for wrestling. Um, right. I mean, the occasional movie here or there when they get an exclusive exclusive thing. That's how I'm going to watch Jurassic Park Domination or Dominion, whatever the hell it's called. Domination. Whenever that comes out later in a few months on on Peacock, I'll watch it there. And But like I said, I only have that because WWE Network canceled. So I just moved my subscription over and now I can watch The Office. So my 10 bucks a month is actually going towards me watching something as opposed to before when it wasn't. But. Yeah, just kind of curious out of what you subscribe to, what where you hang your no. time. Yeah, I never go to Netflix because I hate their interface because I hate the fact that they make me watch trailers and it gives me panic attacks. So I never go into Netflix. Mm-hmm. Disney Plus, I only go into if there's a Marvel or Star Wars show and I know it's out. I don't think about Disney Plus ever. So yeah, outside of YouTube, HBO does tend to be where I want to go. They have the best selection of movies and a lot of older movies that, you know, nostalgia when that bites, yeah. I can put on the last dragon and watch that as opposed to why have I mentioned that movie twice on this show? Um, <laughs> it's on the brain. It well, is. Even, I was watching it the other day. That's probably why. Even before HBO max was a thing. What was that? Like a year or two ago. Yeah. Um, when it used to be just HBO go or HBO now, you know? Yeah. And then that was just straight the HBO premium channel. Yeah. I used to go there first too. Just because HBO always has the movies that I, you know, the the best movies I would think would go straight to HBO first or they'd have the uh, real movies. Yeah. And in, in their shows, just like their shows have always been the top of the line, better than anything Netflix or anybody's putting out, you know, the years of Game of Thrones and Boardwalk Empire and 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 Westworld before this year, which I haven't started yet, but I'm not hearing good things, but like just, just a lot of prestige shows always just, so HBO just was always my kind of go-to thought for content, I guess, if you want to say. Yeah. And I think it was a lot of people's go-to thoughts. And then this week we got news that the Batgirl movie, which was finished and in post-production and was set to be a HBO max original and uh, was going to premiere on the platform. And I think we've even talked about it before saying that they should swap it with flash and Batgirl should just get the theatrical run and give dump the flash on HBO max. Uh, we found out this week that Batgirl has been quietly canceled. So it's going in the vault. No one will see it. Crazy. And what they may have thought started as quote, quietly canceled became very loud, uh, very loudly canceled because this has been the topic of the conversation like um online and on the internet and throughout the whatever you know people always want to have something to all everyone be talking about at the same time and this became that batgirl cancellation and how unprecedented it is and and what is what is warner brothers and hb who owns hbo max doing and um it's crazy man i i i it's been it's been the on the tip of everyone's tongue for the last week now, we know the big thing around this is that Warner Brothers merged with Discovery. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the Discovery Channel, yes, Discovery Channel, HGTV, Food Network, and they have their own app, Discovery Plus, with all of the reality TV things. And they ended up with a new CEO to handle these merged companies, David Zavsloff, and he's has a different feeling as the previous regime. Um, the previous regime was the one that gave us during the pandemic day and date theatrical releases with, you know, Dune and Kong versus Godzilla and the whole year of what was it, 2020, where we got a solid year of if a movie came out in theaters, it came out on HBO the same day. So we were still able to watch Matrix 4. And as I said, Dune um, right on the big on our screens, as opposed to being able to go to the theater if we weren't comfortable. And Zaslav says he is not a fan of that decision, as many of Hollywood, you know, uh, Christopher Nolan left Warner Brothers and now his new movie is going to be dropped over on Universal because he did not like that decision. But we have, you know, a lot of changes coming. And I think Batgirl is one because I think Zaslav said, well, I know he says it because I read it. He doesn't want he wants DC to be like Marvel. He wants that large scale. He wants it to be an event when one of the DC movies comes out. So the idea of releasing Batgirl on streaming just on hbo just as a drop he said it does not fit into what they want for dc and what they feel he wants to make movies if we're going to spend the money we want to make the investment back and reportedly they could get a good chunk of their money back by just canceling the movie taking tax breaks and letting it rot on a shelf so it's kind of crazy situation but business 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 yeah it's a Little little quick recap there of pretty much everything that happened. Um, we'll get into all our issues, but just like the main things that pop out to me from this are, um, it still doesn't make one hundred percent sense to me that the I understand if you want to go in a different direction before something is made. Yeah, like if, if Batgirl hadn't even begun filming yet, and we're still in the pre-production process and like whatever, but you spent as a studio the 90 million dollars to make this movie and it's done yeah like it's it's done so now to be like we're not putting it out anywhere in theaters or on hbo max but it's like you spent the money already you're not going to make that 90 million back like you might get some money back but you could make money by putting it out even if you think it's a bad movie like if you put it on hbo max people are going to watch it no matter what even if you think i was going to watch it too um and there's terrible movies that come out every day. So it's like, how bad is this film? That How bad do you think this film is that it can't see the light of day? And it's like, th- these directors have already put in their, their work and the actors have all put in their work. And Michael Keaton's Batman was going to be in this thing. I'm like, come on, man, just put the damn movie on HBO Max for us to watch. Um, yeah, I don't understand where the appeal comes in that. I mean, because they could just drop it. Like, they don't have to spend any more money on it. You don't no. have to spend marketing money. You know, it's you a marketing machine. It's going to people are going to talk about it if it shows up tomorrow on HBO Max. And someone's going to see it. Someone's going to tweet about it. And whether it's a shit show or a masterpiece, it's going to get talked about. And especially right now, the hype is so high. I mean, you're going to make money. People are going to watch it. People are going to. I mean, I don't know 100 percent how streamers make money. Um if it's just by subscriptions or if there's other advertising or other metrics that go into where they make their money, but you would imagine they're going to make more money than they would have from the tax breaks. Right. I mean, again, this is out of my realm of streaming things have to make some kind of money. Look at all the things that come out on streaming on Netflix, right? Netflix movies. Um, You know, nobody's buying a brand new subscription to Netflix to see the gray man, but it's doing something positive for Netflix. Otherwise they wouldn't do it. You know what I'm saying? Um, So it's going to do something for HBO max that it's there anyway. I mean, look at, look at the, now I haven't seen it, so I can't speak with authority, but the general idea is that Morbius is a shit movie, like a horse shit movie, but (laughs) it had enough people talking about it, that it came to theaters twice and made a bunch of money. You know what I mean? Like people are going to watch these things, no matter what, if it's bad, it'll just be talked about for a week as being, Oh, that movie's bad, but it still made you all your money. You know what I mean? Um, Yes. So I, the decision behind not releasing it at all is like a little mind boggling to me. And then you've also got to think of the ramifications it has on, people's perception of you as a studio in Hollywood. 
mm-hmm. like directors and actors and everyone who makes movies notices this and sees what you've just done. You've taken a movie that a lot of people worked really hard on and you said, we're not putting this out no matter what. And, you know, from what I've seen, peers in the industry of those directors have kind of reached out and been like, you know, this is bad. This is terrible. This is like, it shocked a lot of people. You know what I mean? Rival executives being like, I've been in the movie industry for 20, 30 years and I've never seen a studio do something like this. Like take a movie that's cost you $90 million and just say, we're not putting it out anywhere because it's not great. Like what? It's so it's a bad sign. It kind of, I feel like it can have a, another pronged effect to it where directors, other directors may look at you now as a student and be like, I'm not working with Warner brothers. Look how they treat their directors. Look how they treat their actors. They can just all of a sudden pull the rug out from under my project. Um, so I don't know, man, I don't, I think it's a weird decision to make and kind of is going to have some lasting effects on them as a studio. I mean, it should, but like I said, he, it doesn't seem like from what I'm reading that it matters. Like I said, uh, Zaslov seems to be love love reality TV. He loves the cheapness of it. He loves the fact that you can make a ton of money on it. It's comfort food for people. There's a lot of people and you and you attract way more people than you do with genre. You know, there's a lot of people who just won't watch superhero and or have superhero fatigue. So it's like, well, why spend my money here when I can go make another 10 seasons of 90 Day Fiance for the same price of one Batgirl? We can that's a, that's a budget for the like 20 years of that show you know so then they can have all that content to still drop out on their streaming service and they don't have to spend it all on a superhero thing but then they're going to lose all of us you know they're just still assuming that we're going to hold on to hbo for this content it's a dangerous game it's a dangerous game to play there i think yeah because i can't speak for fans of you know people who take their daily viewing and want to watch 90 day fiance or property brothers or anything like that, but that's just not watch my fair share, but that's not the kind of entertainment I seek out. No. So I'm speaking for myself. They're just making it easier and easier for me to be like, what do I need HBO max for at some point? Um, And that's all I can do is speak for myself. If they've got a, you know, analytics and, and things that show them this is the way path for them to make more money, like more power to you come out with all the reality shows you want and, and stream them. And, and if you're a successful stu- uh, streaming service in that way, then great. But you you may lose me in the process. Um, yeah. So just, we'll, we'll see. The only thing that I think is in their favor is the fact that, you know, they do still have HBO kind of tied to that. So no matter what they do, it still seems like they'll get my money in one way or another because those HBO originals, like the ones for the channel are still, you know, we still got The Last of Us coming. But then once again, if they're talking about these huge shows and these huge budgets and wanting to tighten that down, Last of Us reportedly has a huge budget. Game of Thrones coming out, you know, that has a huge budget. So does that mean those are now at risk of not getting potential second seasons just because they're pricier? Like, how cheap are we going to go? Is it, Are the original HBO shows? Like, not talking about HBO Max, but just shows that are HBO. Like, if I didn't have Max, but, you know, you can still subscribe to HBO. Are those shows now in trouble? If they're genre and or just expensive? Yeah, you hope not, because then where are we going to see those things? I mean, they already have things that are proven successes for them. Like, you know, Euphoria is not going anywhere and and uh succession's not going anywhere but those also don't have as big of a budget as yeah. a game of thrones or a last of us yeah um so i don't know i guess time will tell on that one it feels like they kind of did a quick damage control meeting after all this information came out because there were graphs and things out there that our stock was plummeting oh, yeah. uh, after all this news just because people don't like change and such big drastic announcement changes uh so their stock did go crazy that first day but then like immediately they answered back saying like you know the focus is going to remain on hbo and uh scripted shows aren't going anywhere we want to make them better we want to make them better than ever before so it's a, a way of them trying to like like i said do damage control and make people like me and you feel less anxious about the future of of that you know their content but i i don't know i feel like it's kind of a cluster still over there and they really they really are just scrambling for answers and they didn't i don't think they really thought people were going to freak out this much about batgirl being canceled and like more than that because they did the they did the thing that you just have to be really careful with and there's been some video game 
uh, companies and and products that have happened and done the same thing, and it always blows up in their face, which is digital media and who it belongs to. Because we sign up for Netflix or we sign up for HBO, we know we can stream all of these things. And somewhere deep down inside, we feel like we have them. Like we stopped buying movies where, you know, you'd go buy a DVD or a Blu-ray and be like, I own this movie now. I can do whatever I want with it and I watch it. And then that's kind of taken this backseat to digital and streaming to where we don't physically own anything anymore. We're just kind of renting it or doing that. So then you don't really think about it. But then, hey, what happens when my Kindle book, Amazon decides we don't want to offer that. We're mad at the author or we don't they didn't pay royalties or they didn't do this. And all of a sudden they just delete it off your device. And you're like, wait, I paid 10 bucks for that book. And now it's just, I can't access it anymore. Like what the hell? And that they did that. They went through and they removed a bunch of HBO Max originals that reportedly they could get more tax breaks on and make a little bit of money off of not having them on there. So they did. They removed like American Pickle with uh, Seth Rogen. They moved The Witches with Anne Hathaway. They removed Super Intelligence with Melissa McCarthy um, and a whole list of all this other like shows and HBO Max original programming that they just took away. So now not only are you canceling things that you're saying we were going to have that were done and now you're not giving it to us, but then on top of that, you're taking away from us. And there's a large subsect of people that are like, it feels like you're stealing from them. Like, hey, I pay for HBO. Don't take things away from me. There were already lots of people who are mad that HBO just lets movies leave for a month or two, you know, or like leaving HBO. Um, and you look at the stuff that's going and going, oh, where are you taking it? You know, it always hurts when something's last day to watch on Netflix and you're just like, oh. Where is it going? But you know, by like the I have, yeah, yeah, like I haven't gotten to it yet, but I wanted to. Now I don't have I didn't time. even know it was on here, and now you're telling me it's gone in two days. Yeah, um, I've I've had, I've had similar feelings like that with like you started this that little um, idea with about video games uh, digitally buying video games digitally. It's it's very, um, what's the word? Convenient nowadays mm-hmm. to me to not have to go to Best Buy. Yeah. Because, you know, for how long those are still going to be even around, uh, not having to go to a place like that or, or GameStop to buy a game and be like, oh, from the comfort of my own home, I can just download this brand new game uh, from the PlayStation store. And it's just on my PlayStation. But something about that still to this day, like scares me a little bit. Like, I don't have a case for this game. Like, What happens one day when I just no longer have this? What if the system completely whatever fries and there's some problem and all my games get erased in it. There's like no history. You know, you, you don't know. They make it seem like you'll be fine and your stuff lives somewhere in the cloud or whatever, but we don't know for sure. And it's, it's, it's very convenient for today's uh, lifestyle of today's person, but it's also scary. Like, do I really own these things or am I just paying money to like pretend to own something in the cloud that can just poof disappear one day and that's why a lot of people are like you know we should still be buying physical media like still buy blu-rays and still buy the things you really want and i can't bring myself to continue to yeah. do that but i get the idea behind it you know what i'm saying no 100 percent, because they're going through this right now like ubisoft for video games they're you know, shutting off the servers for a bunch of Assassin's Creed games, you know, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood and Revelations and Assassin's Creed 3. They were still running the servers for the multiplayer, which is crazy because you're like, what, are there four people still playing and you're paying all this money to still run these servers? So I understand from like a business and a workflow, you're like, I don't need people working on PS3 and 360 games. We're two generations past that. It's been 15 years like, OK, we can let these games die. But then with that, they're kind of like almost putting out announcements saying you're not going to be able to download these games. Mm hmm. So then or purchase them again and it freaks everyone out. And if you don't have that wording right, I think they've cleaned it up at this point, but you don't have that wording right. And all of a sudden people are like, oh, wait, you're taking our games from me like that's I paid for this game. You can't do that. They did the same thing with when they like to pull games, like when the Grand Theft Auto trilogy came out. Well, they're mm-hmm. like, well, Rockstar's like, well, we want you to buy this game, so we're going to take off all of the PS2 versions that are you can buy on PC. So you can't buy those games anymore. And then that led to some people having problems not being able to load up the game that they already purchased or owned and or just not being able to buy it again because they want you to buy the new shiny version that costs 60 bucks. So you're just like, it just gets shady real quick. And yeah, we don't own anything. We're buying everything digitally. We stream our music. We rent and purchase our everything else digitally. So we don't yeah. own any of it. And at any point, if they decide, hey, the server doesn't work or we, do, we contract lapsed and we're not able to uh, sell this game anymore or we're or not even play it you know they can block all of that 
Yeah, you and I both have probably put hundreds of dollars into these digital, <laughs> buying digital games that just exist in some magical digital cloud somewhere, <laughs> some like, you know, server computer. That's where our games exist. What if that server's gone? We can't do anything about it. Well, how do we get, you know, it's. Yeah. Some of these companies go out or something. Yeah. Yeah. There's a million scenarios that can happen, but just even like I said, when you look at a preservation standpoint, which is once again, a whole other topic, but I mean, what happens in 20 years to the PS five when we're on the PS eight or seven or six or wherever we are, but what happens, I mean, or, or our PS three collection. I mean, I have games now that are only available on my, you know, PS three that Uh I can't play anywhere else. I have a bunch of PS one games because back on the PS three, you could buy PS one games digitally i have a bunch of ps1 games i can't play them anywhere else except for on that ps3 so if i lose that ps3 or it dies and i can't get another one it's over (laughs) it's over those games that i paid for six bucks a game are gone yep and they're i mean and for all intents and purposes they are gone my ps3 sitting in the closet i don't pull it you know i don't pull it out i don't use it so right now they kind of already are gone but if they were physical they would be sitting in the, the same closet so i can't really complain on that too much but you know what i'm getting at here like but bad religion like bad religion said 21st century digital boy that's yeah. us that's what we are that's what we are uh, uh, but i think that that became a bigger thing too because you heard batgirl got canceled oh shit that's messed up but then yeah. you start seeing all these reports of hey well they've also removed all of this stuff hey they've also quietly canceled a bunch of this stuff you start seeing all of these things being taken away from us that we were expecting and now you get mad about it because you're like hey that was supposed to be mine that was my toy to play with you know mm. and i think it just again it's kind of screwy in that situation then and everyone takes it starts taking it real personal um supposedly there's quiet basically dc seems to be the biggest hitter on this like they're taking the biggest brunt because zaslov said hey i want to have dc movies should be events so basically anything that's not a big screen the only thing that survived all of this that we still know is coming is the flash the one movie that probably should be canceled is the only thing that's still going because it's a big screen budget event film I think I saw somewhere he's also still he said he's a big fan of Black Adam, which clearly they're not cutting at this point. Well, he's yeah. a fan of Black Adam and Shazam. And he might have even said Aquaman too, trying to uh, assure people like, well, these movies that are on the slate are safe. But those um, are the big event films. Of course, he's not canceling right. those. Those are expected right. to make a billion. I mean, Aquaman one made a billion dollars. He's not canceling Aquaman two. No, no. So, but yeah, and that and that was another thing that caused controversy is his kind of faith and um assurance behind the flash and that's basically telling showing people like hey because because another big thing is supergirl is a character that's going to be in the flash and she was supposed to have her own film uh eventually at some point and there's been a lot of doubt cast on the future of that movie as well from like people inside and kind of insider knowledge um but somehow the flash is safe so a lot of people are taking offense to this and I don't blame them for Batgirl, you know, you cast Barbara as a as a minority character and then Supergirl, it's a new minority character and they're kind of going against what those characters are in the comics, but those are the two movies and led by women also, clearly, mm-hmm. and those are the two movies that you're saying we don't want these anymore. And then you look at The Flash who is starring a, you know, predator who is on the run from police and like a real problem in real life as a person but somehow this movie is okay and like everything's cool in flashland like that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way and i get it and i kind of agree and i'm kind of looking at it as greed a little bit just because you know the flash is more of a household name or something but it's just such a bad look it's like a really bad look for them yes and at the same time i know they're what they're trying to do is they they feel like they have to keep flash because they're painted into this corner and the flash is the only way out for them to kind of get to this 10 year plan that DC talks about every single, seems like every couple of years, there's a new 10 year plan for the DC. Yeah. We're going to make it more like the MCU. And we got a great 10 year, how many 10 year plans have there been? So flash may be the only way to kind of do a reset again, another fucking reset for DC, but uh, it's just such a mess. So DC is like in shambles to me at this point. And it's getting, I- I can't by imagine the how they can at this point and seeing what they're doing with the DC properties now that people do like, I can't imagine 
I can't imagine them getting out of the hole. The stuff that they have coming down the pipeline right now is are things that I don't imagine shaking the foundation of the the world. They all have their own controversies, um, baggage, real world baggage around it that's going to affect the box office one way or another. And then you have Black Adam that's sitting there just chilling, like, "Hey, I'm your standard generic superhero movie, just starring The Rock." You know, it's like I can't imagine these movies. And especially with superhero fatigue, even Marvel, these movies aren't making as much money as they were. They're not. I mean, Thor underperformed as far as all the metrics that I saw based on their expectations. It still made money. I'm not saying it's a failure, but it's still I underperformed. Did, I, did see, I did see today that did pass Ragnarok today, though. Oh, did so it? It, it made a bunch of uh, it And then it's still doing money. its thing. Yeah, I think they were just ex- expectations were higher. Hmm. No, I, I agree. I I don't know what's going on with the the whole reboot, and we, you can give your thoughts on it too. But like they, if you're Dwayne Johnson and you're sitting there right now, and you kind of tied your boat to this company, and like like we just talked about Dwayne Johnson the other day, like you're the biggest star in the world. Now you've made this DC movie that has been delayed countless times, yes, for reasons beyond his control. But now you got this movie coming out, and you're trying your best. But you're getting booed at San Diego Comic-Con. Does anyone really care beyond just like the surface? Like that movie will make money because it's Dwayne Johnson. It's The Rock. But do people really care about Black Adam? Like what's the staying power of that movie in theaters going to be? And like I said, you're the biggest star in the world. He probably could have went to Kevin Feige and been like, I want to be part of the MCU. And they'd be like, great, let's find a role for you. You know, he could have he could have done anything he wanted to. But now you've tied your your future to this company where they're talking openly about let's reboot it again. You know, let's, let's have flashpoint and then do a reboot. Let's recast Superman and Batman and wonder woman. Maybe like no one knows that you want to do a reboot that usually calls for new actors and new characters. Exactly. So like what happens with Matt Reeves, Batman, is they going to keep that as the earth two? Is that still going to be a thing or is dude, it's so stupid. It is so ridiculous and i'm not i don't even think i'm gonna live long enough to see this ever play out everything's a 10-year plan 10 years i'm not gonna give a shit so I, yeah, I don't give a shit now why am i gonna give a right. shit in 10 years right it's, yeah it's it's just yeah it's dc's a mess and i really don't care about it like mm-hmm. at this point so i mean the next yeah. four movies that they have i really at this point have zero interest in seeing have they even done an aquaman 2 trailer yet no, that's, okay. there's nothing out there for that. When does that? That's this year too, isn't it? Or they move it to next year? I don't know, man. I've lost track of the delays and yeah, I know. don't care. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. uh, they've also, as you said, the rumors of the Supergirl being canceled. But this is, you know, to to solidify this point that this dude is only interested in big screen event films is pretty much DC on CW got gutted. Yes, I think the Flash got announced a final season and everything else got canceled. Pretty much, I'm pretty. I'm. I don't think there's a single superhero show left on CW as of right now. And they didn't even stop there. They canceled any show on CW that was like big event, you know, or had a larger scale, or like Roswell, any kind of like supernatural genre product on CW got canceled. So they went from 19 original shows to like 11 for mm. next year. So they're just gonna sell out cheap TV. I don't really know all the logistics on that but it's crazy remember remember when we had the wb channel yeah with like the wwb with that little frog yeah (laughs) that seems like the way the cw is going eventually it's just going to be gone as a percent um i didn't hear anything about superman and lois i think that's probably still a safe show yeah that might be um for now but again that's superman your most well-known character and that show seems to be people seem to enjoy it so who knows what's going to happen with that one it also raises the question you know there's this little section of dc shows that people like that are hbo max Mm. exclusives that we you and i don't think have really dove into but you got your doom patrol and titans and and i think there's maybe one more that people really seem to enjoy and think are good shows what's going to happen to those hbo max original what's going to happen to any hbo max original like we said raised by wolves a show you liked disappeared and um yeah i just saw that got canceled i was like oh yeah so the cw which was home for dc television for a long long ass time just seems like it's going to be gone soon and i can't say i'm 
too broken up about it. I was never no. a huge CWDC fan, but it's just still is interesting to see like everything kind of just fall apart all at once. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah, uh, yeah. it's yeah. weird. We'll have to see what they do with it now that they, you know, you got to break some eggs to make an omelet. So we'll see if they can make an Ayo. omelet. Yeah. I don't know if they can. And right now my faith is extremely low because they seem like they're in it for money, which of course business is in it for money. I get that. But it seems like that's their main goal as over the fact of making whatever the project is. You know, they don't care what the project is. If it makes, they just makes money. Yes. No. Can we make more money by taking a tax rebate? Cool. Let's take the tax rebate. We don't care about the project. We don't care about the artists. We don't care about the fans that are anticipating. We don't care about the the little girls that wanted to see a minority play Batgirl or Supergirl. We just want money. So mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of a thing. And that's what it looks like now, whether or not they prove us wrong and they make all these big products and they turn the DC around and I was about to say the WB, they turn the WB around, they turn the DC around and really like overtake Marvel and it becomes this whole big thing and they do it right. Awesome. I'm here to, I'm here for it. But right now it's kind of ugly. It is. One thing we didn't even mention is I thought of uh, when I was naming the Doom Patrol and and uh, Titans, the other big one for HBO Max right now is Harley Quinn, the yeah, cartoon, yeah. which people seem to like. And uh, that was another thing I saw is like they have these big new plans to kind of like cut out the animation, cut the animation budget down crazy for WB. It's like I'm thinking like, wait a minute, Warner Brothers is animation like, yeah. Bugs Bunny, like, come on, hello, like, you're saying animation isn't as um, profitable as it used to be, and there's plans for big cuts in the future, and that just makes me, like, what's going to happen to the Batman Cape Crusader show that we were so excited about? Oh, yeah. That's, that's going to be coming out, which is, like, the supposed to be the successor to the animated series, and Bruce Tim, the original guy, is involved, and Matt Reeves was involved. Like, yeah, it's not happening. That show doesn't come out. I'm gonna be pissed. That show's not coming out. You know, we're not getting that Arkham show. We're not getting the uh, Penguin show. Right. Those, all those shows for HBO Max that were about to come that were connected to the Batman. No, none of those are gonna happen. Ugh. I don't imagine. I can't imagine a world in which those happen right now. Yeah, my blood's starting to boil now. Yeah, I forgot that that animated one was there. I'm sure that's probably already on a memo of being quietly canceled. Uh -huh. I can't imagine it surviving because that seems does not that goes against everything we've seen this week. Yeah. So unless they get afraid of that that stock tank that we got on Friday, if that maybe shakes some stuff and they go, okay, let's rethink some of the some of these moves. But doesn't look good. Doesn't look good, kid. Billionaire's gonna billionaire. <laughs> I couldn't say it any better myself. So that's about as much as we know about the HBO garbage that happened this week. I'm I'm excited to look forward and see what they do. But once again, expectations are extremely low of them doing anything that I'm going to care about. <laughs> I got to tell you, I got to tell you just from, for me, I'm not buying a, a streaming service called wb discovery max or whatever the hell they want to call this future thing it sounds stupid to me this is all dumb Did, uh, they, i never heard about a name change well i'm just assuming since the, the the idea is to combine hbo max and discovery plus that it's going to probably have some new discovery max hbo plus plus super zaslav yet yeah. uh yeah, it's going to be really weird. I'm not watching Property Brothers. I'm not watching 90 Day Fiance. I don't want it. Why are you changing things that I love? Uh, why can't we have nice things? Anyway, rant, rant over. I don't know. It's Rant over before Don's blood pressure hits a peak. Uh -huh. I think we are going to head on out for this week. So make sure... You like, subscribe, and follow. You hit us up on all those services. Hit us up with those five-star reviews. You want to join the conversation, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Raise the Geek or shoot us an email at RaiseTheGeek at gmail.com. All of those things are down in the description. So if I set them too fast, you can read them down there, but make sure you hit us up. Um, we're always having a good time over there. But I think that's going to do it for us this week. So for Raise the Geek, I'm Chris. And I'm Don. And thanks for checking out the show. Where geek is all we speak. <laughs>